Welcome to the Astrology Rocks podcast for the week of October 15, 2012, brought to you by Sastrology. I'm Michelle Suzanne, author of your weekly forecast at Sastrology. You'll also find me at starstruckastrology.org. So if you're a newcomer to astrology, jump in. I will explain and hopefully educate as we go along. All right, let's dive in and talk about what's up in the skies this week. New beginnings. We get one every 28 days, courtesy of a new moon. And here comes a new moon in Libra to start your week off on Monday morning. Libra is a sign associated with striking that balance in your key relationships. The balance is between you and the other person. And our lesson through Libra season is how to navigate that porous boundary between you and the other person. Okay, how to maintain your own spark while you share it with someone else and allow them to share their spark with you. And Saturn's two and a half year transit through Libra, which only ended about nine days ago, was hopefully a very good tutor in how to do relationships with integrity and self accountability. And those are two very important traits associated with Saturn. So now this Libra new moon comes along and offers you a new opportunity to focus your intentions over these next four weeks on the health and welfare of your most important relationships, whether they're personal or professional. And the new moon is an ideal time to set some intentions down on paper. So Libra's focus is balance, fairness, artistry, romance, aesthetic beauty. Um, If you can work with any of those qualities and weave them into your goals, then you can maximize the juice that we're getting from this new moon, new beginning portal. Now here's the quirk factor, because there's got to be a quirk factor, right? It would not be fun if we just had green lights everywhere. The new moon is an instinctual phase. We get inklings of where we're leaning towards and hopefully enough to clarify what our goals are. But the new moon is not necessarily the time to act on those inklings. That's because the sun and the moon are too close and we don't have enough perspective to really go for it yet. That perspective comes a few days later when the moon and sun have moved apart enough to get some distance. And actually, heads up, this week, Friday looks good for moving forward because the sun and moon will be in a nice sextile, that's a 60-degree angle, with each other. Okay, so holding off on action gets complicated with this new moon because it's in a cardinal or action-oriented sign. Libra may be very charming and poised and diplomatic, but its energy isn't passive. Don't be fooled. There's a lot of action, a lot of thrust with Libra. It's usually directed towards relationships, but it's active anyway. So you might feel a bit of conflict around, should I do this? Should I wait? Uh, Obviously, always honor your own inner knowing If you have a firm conviction that you need to do something specific, go for it. 
Yes, it may break some of the so-called rules of astrology in terms of timing, but your wisdom trumps any astrologer's suggestions. And by the way, I've broken the astrology rules myself. There have been rare times when I've known intuitively that I have to act now and not when I supposedly have that green light from the planets, okay? I'm just sort of alerting you that in this case, we've got a new moon. The new moon is typically the phase of our journey in which it's ideal for us to blue sky. Um... And then that image just keeps getting clearer and clearer until you can move forward with it a couple days later. But in this case, Libra's cardinal energy may give you a sense that you need to get going now. Just go with your intuition. You know yourself. You know yourself better than anyone. Now, the love goddess Venus is the ruler of this new moon. And she's in a bit of a bind at the moment. For starters, she's traveling through Virgo where she feels a little ill-equipped to do her best magnetic work. And so she overcompensates to mask her insecurity. And just take notice if you have found yourself doing the same thing these past couple of weeks. Have you been overcompensating? So with this new moon, and especially the next day on Tuesday, Venus is making a square to Jupiter. That's a 90-degree angle. And Jupiter is the planet of expansion and wisdom. You know, Jupiter often shows up in your world as a teacher or a mentor, a healer, a doctor, maybe a religious cleric or a religious icon. Um... The idea is that Jupiter shows up as a guide for us. And this is just a reminder that right now Jupiter is also feeling a little ill-equipped because he too is in the sign of his detriment. So we've got Venus and Jupiter reaching out to each other. And in this case, it really is, it's, it's the blind leading the blind. So with Jupiter and Venus in this challenging alignment, do be mindful of who you entrust to guide you because everybody is as human as you are and as fallible as you are. You might not have the answers you seek right now, but neither does the next, next guy necessarily, at least not necessarily this week. So really try to lean into your intuition. And yes, you can do that because Saturn is trining Neptune for a good long time and we are getting a long-term dose of mixing our intuition with hard, cold facts. So do trust yourself. Now, Venus square Jupiter may feel cranky or whiny as in, oh, I don't know what I want or I don't know if this suits me or... You may want more than you can handle at this time. You know, that idea of putting more on your plate when Jupiter's around to expand our appetites, and I I mean that literally and metaphorically, we take on more than we can handle. This is a temporary state, so just try and sit with it. What happens if you don't try to soothe yourself? with something that will only temporarily pacify you and may even perhaps make things more challenging for you down the road. I'm just putting that out there. Sitting with discomfort is okay. 
And yes, that right angle between Venus and Jupiter may feel like something stuck in your side, but another option for you is to get curious about where that discomfort is stemming from. And that may very well lead to a Jupiterian revelation of sorts. And in that way, you can really get some juice out of Venus square Jupiter instead of itchy cranky. Now, I mentioned curiosity, getting curious. Curiosity is ascribed to the planet Mercury, which, not coincidentally, rules both Gemini and Virgo, where Jupiter and Venus are respectively transiting. And Mercury is giving us a big clue about how to handle this inner turmoil this week. So he's in the sign of Scorpio and reaching out to Venus through a smart little sextile. That's a 60-degree angle, friends. Venus rules values, and Mercury rules the mind. And there seems to be a message here about thinking more deeply about where your values reside. Venus in Virgo is cranky for something, and Mercury in Scorpio responds, use your mind as the tool that it is to do some self-talk. Get clear about what you want versus what you think you need right now as a fix. And Mercury is also asking, do you really need that fill in the blank or will it go to waste? Because you can be very sure that any planets in Scorpio, and right now that's Mercury and Saturn, are very aware of making efficient use use of resources. Scorpio does not like things going to waste. So if you can get honest with yourself using Mercury and Scorpio, and gentle with yourself at the same time, that's Venus and Virgo, You can turn that cranky Venus-Jupiter square into a channel for deeper self-understanding. Now, Mercury sextile Venus is also opening up a communication channel if you need to have a straightforward chat with a partner about how you can better please or assist each other. You know, that's um, romantic partner, business partner, take your pick. There's a bit of a help me help you aspect going on here. The key is just don't overstate your intentions because Venus square Mer- uh, Venus square Jupiter along with Mercury quincunx Jupiter are not in positions of strength yet to deliver on overblown promises. Now I mentioned a quincunx, okay? Mercury makes this really awkward 150 degree aspect called a quincunx to Jupiter. And this suggests that we're not seeing or perceiving the bigger picture as easily now as we will a bit down the road. So just as a headliner, this week is not the week to take over the world. Between a very naive and instinctual new moon and Venus squared Jupiter, just defer your grandest plans. Cool? Okay. By the end of the weekend, we come to the moon's first quarter square to the sun, and that's happening Sunday night, and it may perhaps jack up the crank fest a little bit. This is a moon in serious and determined Capricorn, and Capricorn focuses on achievement and public status. In its most beneficial state, 
Capricorn is elder energy, and we receive the wisdom from those who have traveled a similar route when we're open to learning. All right? Now, that first quarter square moon always occurs seven days after a new moon. That's, that's just the way the lunar cycle works. And at a first quarter square, that is the time when we will have to navigate some of the issues that may have cropped up that could potentially derail your new moon intentions. I find this, this particular first quarter square interesting because it's, the, the, the moon is going to be on the final square, the 29th degree, I should say, of Capricorn, and the sun will be on the 29th degree of Libra. The 29th degree is the final degree of any sign, okay? And whenever a celestial body gets to the 29th degree of a sign, it's, it's wobbly, right? There's this sense of in, in uncertainty because it's, it's kind of used up its energy of that sign and it's, it's ready to move into the new energy of the next sign. And there's a little bit of ambivalence involved. Should I move forward or do I go backwards? Now, we know, of course, a, a planet can't really move backwards, um, and technically speaking, neither can we, at least in terms of chronology. So the answer here is we move forward, but with caution. And I say with caution. We've got two amber signals here, a 90-degree angle between the sun and the moon and the involvement of that 29th degree which, by the way, is called the anoretic degree, if you love knowing astrospeak. All right, so life goes on, and you have to do your thing, and you can't necessarily stand still. So we move with the energy of the cosmos, hopefully making a dance of it. My suggestion at this first quarter moon is to choose your battles. And if you have no battles, hooray for you. In that case, prioritize. Prioritize what is of the most importance for me to accomplish. There's also something here about choosing your partners wisely as well. Um, you know, Libra is about partnership and Capricorn is about hard work. But the thing is, Capricorn's hard work alone will not get you where you want to go. But playing the eternal diplomat and sitting on the Libra fence won't get you too far either. So the idea is to operate within a community of folks who are actively working towards the same objectives who, or who share similar values as you so that you all mobilize and work smarter, not harder. And I think that Saturn's long transit through Libra had a lot to teach us of the value of strength in numbers. Now, Saturn, of course, has moved into Scorpio now. And I'm just curious, how are you feeling this transit so far, dear listener? Much depends on whether or not you were born with any planets in Scorpio. If so, Saturn will eventually connect with those planets and you will undoubtedly feel its energy more intensely than people who have no planets in Scorpio. 
Myself, I'm hearing a lot from people about the intensity that they're experiencing right now. And some folks are really quite enjoying the kick and they're describing it as a feeling of having located something new stirring inside them. Can you relate to that? I find that to be a very keen and positive image. And I, um, I hope something new is stirring for you and that it, it feels good and it gets your curiosity going so that you want to know more about it and, uh, develop it more. Let's talk about Scorpio's rulers, Mars and Pluto, because currently they're each in an alignment with change maker Uranus. And each is working with Uranus retrograde in markedly different ways. It's, it's almost a bit like good cop, bad cop this week. So Mars is good cop this week, believe it or not. <laughs> He's just getting ready to move out of that trine he was in with Uranus last week. And that really opened up a channel for us to act impulsively, perhaps rashly, but hopefully towards benevolent change. And that could be a shift that occurs within you or a shift that you're able to facilitate for other people. Just remember that this is Mars. So you've got a lot of stamina, a lot of physical energy, and a lot of courage. And where there's a will, there's a way. And a little will goes a long way with Mars trying Uranus. You don't need to wield a jackhammer to do your good work. Now, Pluto, on the other hand, that's Scorpio's modern ruler. Pluto is in this ongoing square with Uranus, and this continues to be the most culturally significant planetary aspect over the next few years. Unlike the trine, the square is not gentle, and it's not easy. It exerts pressure on us. Now, if you're really sensitive, especially kinesthetically, your ability to feel and or see energy fields may have really opened up when Pluto and Uranus started locking horns. Um, think of it this way. New powers, which is Pluto, coming into awareness, which is Uranus. And that's one way this massive energy can play out. It's a, I think it's a really positive manifestation of Uranus square Pluto. I love to think of these new abilities opening up, our, our extrasensory perceptions really, really having the lid blown off of them. I think of this as a type of superpower, even though it really is natural. Uh, it's a natural gift for humans to have very strong intuition and connection to source and strong inner guidance. But for many, many reasons, if that's been masked for you, that energy is really re ready to come out and, and for you to, to start working with it if you haven't already, okay? Now that Saturn has moved into Pluto's sign, and Pluto has been in Saturn's sign for three years now, we have Saturn and Pluto in mutual reception. They're hanging out on each other's signs. If you can remember way back to when Saturn was just beginning his tour through Libra, we're looking almost three years ago, Saturn was also in a square with Pluto at that time while opposing Uranus. Okay, so there's likely to be some feedback 
now from that time. And I think that'll be more evident when Saturn moves into a sextile with Pluto in December. And because both of these planets inch ever so slowly around the sun, this will be a prolonged 60 degree angle spanning several months. And we'll get into a discussion about what this sextile and the mutual reception between Saturn and Pluto has in store for us in December. You know, as astrologers, we're, we're sort of expected to be predictive, and to a certain extent, astrology can be used as a tool for prediction. Myself, I, I want to live in this energy field a little while longer before assessing where Saturn and Pluto can take us. And we've also got a couple of eclipses next month that will shake up our routines and bring in new energy. So we'll get through those, let the dust settle a bit, and then continue diving into our Saturn in Scorpio journey. And I really want to thank Katiba Jones. She's a listener, and she's given me permission to use her name. And she sent me some of her favorite Saturn in Scorpio songs. I'd love to hear from more of you, songs, books, films, even anecdotal stuff that you're hearing that really speaks to your feelings about Saturn and Scorpio. No names will be given unless you say so, gentle listener. Now, Kativa's got a real ear for Saturn and Scorpio, and I must say, of all the tunes she sent me, I find the one that really, really gives me shivers is a song by The Crystals. Now brace yourself, listener, if you are um, if you're a gentle soul. The title is called He Hit Me and It Felt Like a Kiss. You may very well know this song, especially if you're 40 and up. You know, living as we do in a culture of rape, I often wonder about the ways that men handle their power, but I also wonder about the ways that women are sometimes complicit with abuse. Not all women, not all men. I'm not making a sweeping statement generalization here. I just want to put out a question to you. If a partner gives attention, any attention, even if it hurts, do you experience that? as an expression of love. A partner flies into a jealous rage. Is that proof that you are loved? And that's one question that this song by the crystals really brings up for me. How are we, men and women alike, complicit in sanctioning abuse and sexual assault? It's a very scorpionic song. Um, Saturn and Scorpio may have a great deal to teach us about taking ownership of our scorpionic drives to possess a loved one. And I wonder also if Saturn's trine to Neptune can offer us help in clearing up many of our distortions about what constitutes loving expression. I bring Neptune into this into this because Neptune is all about distortions and Scorpio or excuse me Saturn is all about keeping it real so I'm wondering if Saturn trying Neptune can open our eyes to what's real and what is distorted do you have anything to add to that 
dear listener, or do you have any questions you'd like addressed about this transit? If so, you can use the comment space under this podcast link if you like. Or if you want privacy, you can email me directly. In fact, that's what one of our listeners did. She emailed me privately wanting to know what's up with Taurus people. And here's what I explained to her, and I will share it with you as well. Taurus is opposite Scorpio, where Saturn has set up camp. So Taurus folk are getting hit by Saturn's opposition to their sun and or any other planets they may have in Taurus. And depending on what degree a person's sun or other planets are at, Saturn will make its opposition hit either sooner or later over these next two and a half years. And that dose of Saturn may manifest as a drive to get serious in relationships. Or, seeing as both Taurus and Scorpio are very fertile signs, Saturn in Scorpio may result in getting serious about making a family. Who knows? Maybe there'll be another baby boom. Um, I'm not kidding. Like Taurus and Scorpio are highly fertile. So I I actually am curious about uh, the possibilities of a baby boom. Speaking of boom, let me end this podcast before it goes bust. If you would appreciate an astrological session with me, most of my services are available for the remainder of the month at a 15% discount. You can reach me at starstruckastrology.org. I want to mention, too, that if you like the Starstruck Astrology fan book, uh, Facebook fan page, you'll get almost daily updates on what's up with the planets. In the meantime, be well. I am Michelle Suzanne, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now. He hit me. And it felt like a kiss